0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987,
1: my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents, She Has a Name, where every revelation
2: brings us closer to the truth.
1: Hi, this is Women Who Travel, a podcast from Connie Traveler that digs deep into the realities of traveling as a woman today and celebrates why we'll never stay home. I'm Meredith Carey, and with me per huge is my co-host, Lali Koglu. Hi. And then we found two very special guests today, who we love to chat about the topic of today's podcast with, if you can follow that sentence. Um, the first one is Polly Dibner, our lovely managing editor here at Kindness Traveler.
3: Thanks, <laughs> Mayor. I <laughs> got an applause.
0: We, we, truly,
1: we truly never had that happen
0: before. <laughs> it feels like a momentous occasion.
1: <laughs> And Also joining us is Jen Dilling-Martin, the associate publisher at Riverhead. Who is here? Because today we're talking about books, specifically beach reads, and all of like the weird feelings and good feelings that come along with that term and shame
3: and exactly. I think a that, needless shame,
1: right? I think that this came out of us talking about when we were putting together our list of beach reads for the website, which you can find online now. Plug, plug, plug. I think your first thought, which is the wrong thought, is like. Fluff, right? Totally. Am I the only? Am I the which, only one? Which who?
0: also translates to female,
1: right? I think like this term like lady, like chicklet, that sort of thing gets thrown unnecessarily under this umbrella. Whereas, you have these like lists of books to read this summer, that are a mix of like very highbrow, interesting, mostly male-written books, <laughs> and then you have like ooh best beach reads. Let's read, you know, these quote unquote like little fun looks into ladies' lives and then like we'll move on to the serious stuff when we get back to our real lives. And I think that's like such a misnomer. Well
0: it was interesting because I actually saw CNN today had a piece that was The most unlikely. Most unlikely summary. And it was sort of a good list by the way. It was a great list in the whole way that they kind of framed it was that, you know, in a time of political turmoil or stress when maybe you're taking in a lot of the news cycle and you want to escape from it, but at the same time it might feel wrong to read something that you discern as fluff and so they presented all these different novels mm-hmm. yeah nonfiction.
3: yeah it was a definite mix of like nonfiction and novels
2: um, but serious books I saw that list yeah, too yeah, very yeah but heavy. definitely heavy
3: and I just feel like they definitely came at it with the angle that like this isn't a beach read and it's I don't know I feel like there's a lot of leaning into that wonder of, <laughs> of the beach read I like holistically celebrate everything about a beach read without there's so much shame around like picking up a jacket that is pink and fluffy but come on guys the read's good you just got like if the writing's good like get on board
1: and i also think that like that term is a blanket term for those types of books which usually have like very fun flirty covers but i think there's so many books that fall under the beach read term and for me I mean, we can go around the table and say how we feel like this term should be defined. But for me, it's like when I go to the beach, I want to sit in one spot, maybe get up and dunk my head in the water like Hmm. two or three times. But I want to sit in one spot for like eight hours and just like finish a whole book in a day. I want to read something that has me so invested and entertained and like totally obsessed for that whole day. And then I'm done. Yeah.
3: And then you can leave it behind in the right. cabin you're staying in. Exactly. And somebody hotel. else
1: can enjoy the incredible thriller or romance or nonfiction weird book about dictionaries that I <laughs> read <laughs> ferociously.
2: I like that. Though. So your category is captivating and propulsive. Exactly. Like that's what you want. And it's it like can't engrossed. be a
1: thousand pages because I probably can't read that in a day.
0: <laughs> oh, so you, you have to finish it by the end of the day. Is that your your rule?
1: No. I want
0: your flight. <laughs>
1: Whoa. Well, no. I mean, my... My oh, uh, I've got two stories here. So my first story is that the one that Polly's talking about, which is that I went back to my hometown recently. I went back to Dallas. And it's a three-hour flight. I was reading The Favorite Sister by Jessica Knoll, which is freaking incredible. Um, <laughs> and I started it when I got past security. So that's what, like a good five hours. And I'm a very fast reader. My Achilles heel and my biggest blessing. And You know, I'm reading, reading, reading. I mean, the whole plan. I like didn't look at the TV. I didn't do anything else. I just read, and I probably had like 30 pages left. And we're like descending into Dallas, and the guy next to me across the aisle, which this would only happen on a Southwest flight, just looks over at me, grabs my arm, and goes, "Are you gonna finish this book?" (laughs) I was like, "Have you been watching?" (laughs) Just like go, 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 like my little
2: cheerleader in the corner. and the other story is I... I just want to stop you. That is a much happier ending. I thought where this was going was <laughs> that you were going to finish it with like a full hour of flight left because there is nothing worse. Nothing like, is worse. Literally, oh, I, would, I worse. would eat slugs on one of those weird reality <laughs> TV shows. I would do so many things rather than be alone on a flight with no book, or f- when I finish yeah. a book and I miscalculate, yes, it is devastating. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> yes, like it's when you get on a plane
0: and you see like, this, every now and then I feel like I'll sit next to someone and they'll just, you know, put their possessions on the table and then they'll just fold their hands. And sit, Distur- <laughs> psychotic
2: people. I mean, disturbing, disturbing. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. What it's, are doing? They- it's truly <laughs> <really laughs> terrifying. No, but the but other Meredith, I am, I am happy for you because I know how propulsive <laughs> Jessica Knoll's <laughs> books are, and the odds could have been that you, you finished exactly too fast when, and then yes. I had
1: to be like, Mom and Dad, I just need us to be really quiet in this car, ride. Right? I need to finish this book, and then we'll be done, and then I can enjoy your presence. Okay. Um, but the other story is that you know, my family, we do kind of a beach week every year. We always have for as long as I can remember. And we take this, like, tiny little six-person plane where they, like, ask you how much you weigh and, like, adjust you in the plane accordingly. And my parents got really, really, really tired of paying overage fees for my bags because I would bring so many library books. So that is exclusively why I got a Kindle so that my (laughs) my parents didn't have to, when I was in high school, like, pay for me to bring eight books for the eight days that we were in the BVIs. And, And so for me, like... Now, living in New York, I find it very hard to find time to read because I don't ride the subway. I have a hard time like starting and stopping audiobooks, so I need to set aside like chunks of time. And for me, the beach is the perfect time for me to get through all those books that I've been dying to read in my free time that I seemingly don't have. So that is why I say I have to finish it in a day. Fair. What is your
0: definition, Laleh, of a beach read? Okay, so my beach read is... Like you, literally anything, as long as it keeps my attention for very, very extended periods of time, which for me is usually like a novel that I cannot put down. Because I think that, you know, we all live in the city and, you know, the majority of people don't live by a beautiful beach. When you go to a beach, it is an escape, it is an escape from your normal life. And that for me is what reading fiction is. And it's to go into another world and experience this whole other place and these different people and so i just want a book that takes me there and last summer i got a lot of grief from the people i was with for deciding that my beach read was a place of greater safety by hilary mantel which is 900 pages on I think the that's french a great revolution choice. oh my god it was the best i was on the beach in new jersey for the weekend and like everyone else was playing some dumb game called can jam <laughs> <laughs> and i just sat out a towel <laughs> and read and read that book, and it was. Did it make you happy? It made me so happy. It made me cry. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair it enough. It made me so happy, and that is regardless of where I'm going, whether it's like New Jersey or Costa Rica, I get so excited about my reading time. Like it is such a huge component to the point where I, I think I become quite tyrannical on my beach days because people want to like go do something, and I'm like, no, 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 I need to sit on this bed. Well, yeah, I lost s- two, two friends once. <laughs> <laughs> like like lost them
1: in your life or yeah, like yeah, yeah. in the water?
3: No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> they died.
1: They,
3: they died. Polly
2: <laughs> <And laughs> no. didn't she, she's like, I'm reading Jessica Knoll.
3: <laughs> in, in my life, they refused to ever travel with me again. And we were like, study abroad, friends. And then like, if you don't travel together, like then you're it. That's how you're not friends anymore. We were on vacation in Italy and I was reading uh, Khaled Hosseini and mm. just could not stop. And they would try to talk to me, and I was like, "You really? I feel like you've miscalculated who you brought on this <laughs> trip. Like, I'm not here to be interrupted. Like, you, I'm not talking to you." But for me, it's like I don't have to finish it a day, and it like I just as long as it is like deeply satisfying. And there's so much noise. The beach, the beach and beach read feels like a bit of a n- misnomer because it's like your vacation read, what you're reading when you're away or traveling or outside of your your life. As long as I can go in and be totally. Enraptured, raptured that is all I need and then it's it's just so satisfying to be able to have everything and all of that noise fade away if I can come back to it over four days like
1: super but no totally I mean I feel like beach lake plane read situation yeah. is all the same category and then like grand tour of Europe I not guess tr- it's not like,
3: travel reading is a different right, thing right because like, I'm I not think that read, gets like, so
1: interrupted when yeah. you're like on a trip yeah but when you're going somewhere where you're going to just basically, for all intents and purposes, sit. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that there's something really special about that time. Mm-hmm. Jen, how about you?
2: I have always felt perplexed by the idea that people want something really easy and light mm-hmm. as a beach read or as a summer vacation read. Because sort of what all of you guys are pointing to, this is actually the most focused, uninterrupted time I ever get to read. So I go really the opposite road. I pick the biggest, thumpiest, most complex, daunting books, and I save them for my vacations, which is maybe a little perverse of me, but <laughs> it's like, when else will I have the time to yeah. like sit and really focus? And the only time I went maybe like too far in this direction, and my friends all did try to warn me, and I was like, don't you know no no i know what i'm doing was the the summer i brought a little life on vacation oh. which if you guys uh, for anyone who doesn't know this is like not only a giant thumper of a book it is one of the darkest books in the history of books but the it first is. 60 pages don't lead you to believe that no 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 i mean but i knew it was dark and I, and everyone i mean every dark theme think of a dark theme in your mind right now it's in this book and everyone was like, "Jen, it's so dark, it's so dark. Don't do that to your vacation, don't do that to your vacation. It's and I truly was like, I love dark, I love dark. And then cut to me on the beach in Columbia like sobbing hysterically. <laughs> and then th- I literally threw the book. Uh, she does a thing two thirds of the way through to a really wonderful character that was so horrible of her. Yes, Hanya, it was terrible of you to do. <laughs> and I literally threw it from my hammock across the sand. I was so furious at her for having done it to this character. And it, I was like, okay, everyone was right. I, did, I went a little too far. With my commitment to like dark, heavy books on mm-hmm. my vacation, so that one uh, is a doozy. Hanya is a traveler alum, and that oh. book is
3: beloved in the office. But man, alive, will it yeah, do you? Maybe in. Maybe not for the beach. No, maybe. not. not <laughs> I
2: don't perhaps, perhaps a vacation know. read. Maybe like Winter Alone in a Cabin, <laughs> <Yes. just> <laughs> sobbing <laughs> with a bottle of wine. I don't know.
0: I read it during the winter, like over Christmas, and that also was <laughs> <bad. Also laughs>
2: yeah. never, never a good time. I did to read not this feel novel, festive.
0: <laughs> I'd be interested to know, actually. And when you're at Riverhead, do you talk about beach reads as a genre at all? Is that something that even like comes up when you're talking about your, you know, what you're publishing that summer or that spring? Like,
2: do you we guys definitely care? talk about summer reading, yeah, because it's a great time for. Fiction in particular, like uh, fiction shopping really goes up starting in late May and airports and bookstores have great displays. And so we want our book front and center. We did a kind of wicked thing this summer, though, I will say, because starting last summer, we were feeling like the dark national mood that is upon all of us. And we were looking at the books we wanted to publish the following summer and what the jackets should look like. And we were all in such, I think, a dark, bitter headspace that we scheduled a pretty dark, intense, although delicious and delightful book by Lauren Groff called Florida. And then we put a black jacket on it. So (laughs) the the normal publishing logic is that any books you publish in June should be gem colored and preferably blue and green to look like water. No, and that's so interesting
1: because I read Florida and The Favorite Sister back to back, and both of them have black jackets, which I think is so interesting and is honestly like part of what drew me in to be like, this is different. And special mm. that it's not this like happy go lucky fun flirty. I'm gonna keep using that gross word <laughs> uh, <laughs> cover. And I.
2: I I think that's really interesting that you, that goes into Yeah, no, I think my planning. literal line in Jacket meeting was something like, you want a beach read? Here's a fucking beach read. Take, take <laughs> this beach read, America. Enjoy it. There aren't even going to be beaches in 20 years at this rate. They're all eroding. Oh, my gosh. P- Polly's tears are rolling down Polly's cheeks yeah, right it's now, It's just such everyone. a bad time in the world. But
3: it's so bad, guys. But you can go to the beach and read. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah okay what I loved about the Florida jacket was that it was actually terrifying you want to pick it up and it's like in the way that like safari smells a little scary like and it's so sexy it was so dark and it was this like stalking tiger and you just like are a little afraid of what it means is inside but you have to pick it up to find out I am a huge Lauren Groff fan. One would call me a booster. Um, (laughs) I cornered her at a party one time, and it was a really great experience. Um, (laughs) And Florida is oh my god, she's just this is her best book yet,
2: even, and it's so good. It's so good.
3: It is so good. If you haven't read, it yet, haven't read it yet, you have to read it. It is absolutely the book I am recommending to people to pick up for the summer, mostly because people aren't as speedy readers as you are, Meredith, and it is short stories. And so they're incredibly captivating short stories. And you can get in, like, in between an hour like of swim sessions. Is that what they're called? <laughs> and get a whole story done. And I find it has that satisfying thing. It is definitely not a, a typical Read, And I think if you're
1: someone who's active yeah. and doesn't want to just sit on their ass like I do, um, it does. It provides that exact same thing where it's like you could, you know, go for a walk in the morning, come back, finish a chapter, go out to the beach, snorkel for an hour, eat lunch, you know, finish another short story. And I think that each of them like so perfectly encapsulate different parts of the weirdness and wildness that is
3: Oh this it's so, great Florida. so steamy. It's such a weird book. It's yeah. so. Yeah. Good. It's a steamy, sexy it's book. It's so <laughs> steamy.
2: Dark, sexy. Yeah.
3: Man, it's so good, guys. Yeah. Um, And we were talking earlier, Janet, it's just such a personal book. It's like, even though everything is fictitious, it's like some of the stories feel so real because you know, like, from her jacket bio that she's moved to Florida and she has two kids. And it's just, they all, it all feels like she's writing about a thing she knows and you are experiencing this thing this thing through her skin and I like not even through it's like definitely through her skin because her writing is so fluid and tactile and you definitely can feel how hot Florida is through her prose and it's got to pick it up it's so good oh my god it's so good
2: well said thank
3: you
1: now that we're talking about something you know, dark and steamy, um, <laughs> I feel like we should talk about this story that
0: Lolly has printed out in front of her. Our- I have many pages, which I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to recite. It's quite old. Um, it's from 2012, and it is a piece by another Riverhead author, Meg Wolitzer, mm-hmm. about sort of how there's one rule for male authors and another for female authors, and how often... You'll sort of stumble across whether it's in bookstores or on Amazon a sort of women's fiction section, which will have everyone from someone like Lauren Groff to Jane Austen to Toni Morrison somehow just jumbled together under this one and loose to umbrella. To steel and <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. And then like Jonathan Franzen <laughs> and Jeffrey Eugenides and authors like that are just under fiction. And I think that you know the beach read also really. Is sort of, I think, a curse think on gendered. female. It's, yeah, very, it's very, very gendered. gendered. And I think a lot of that is the book jacket design. I don't know if people would agree with me. And, and I'm a snob. I'm a real, real book snob. And like, I was on holiday with a friend recently and she turned to me and was like, do you ever just read like, bad books? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> what, what, is a, what do you define? But it's a real pet peeve of mine, and I think also you have anything that's sort of family or suburbia, which Meg, Meg brings up in this piece, kind of then also becomes like a beach read or something that like women would want to read but men wouldn't want to read. And I was just wondering if people agreed with me? Am Literally. I just, am I going crazy? No, 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 am no, I totally fixating? Like, lady
3: fiction them? is such a pet peeve of mine. It's like absolutely ridiculous. Every now and then I'll be reading something and Owen will look over at my fiance and he'll be like, "What?" Like he'll ask a question about it and then be super dismissive, which is not his style at all. And he's, and I'm like, "No, you would like you would definitely like this thing. You just have to, to get on board and I'm like don't you don't have to cover it with paper bags. Like no one's gonna be mad at you. It just like it doesn't affect your masculinity. You would like good fiction. It's just good fiction." Well,
0: then she has this anecdote in here about how she was at um, well, actually, first she describes sort of bringing up the question of women's fiction is not unlike mentioning the national debt at a dinner party. <laughs> Now, like this was written at a time when the national debt was the worst thing you could bring up at the dinner party. Yeah,
2: exactly, she would update that. I'm sure she'd love it. I'm gonna, like do a quick edit Can on think that. Think of
0: the few things that happened this week that would be worse. Um, <laughs> um, and but she also has this anecdote about talking to a man at a dinner party who asks what she writes about, and she sort of gives some quite general themes and topics around like family and sex and and um marriages and his response is oh oh my my wife likes reading that stuff let me get her
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: and then totally bounced
1: (gasps) yeah (laughs) oh god um one meg goes to a lot of dinner parties but no i think it's something that has come up in some an actual beach read that i read a couple summers ago um and helen peterson who is a culture reporter at BuzzFeed, um, wrote a book called Too Fat, Too Slutty, Too Loud, mm. which just has different chapters about different women who are too much of whatever it is in their industry. Melissa McCarthy is in it, um, Serena Williams, and then Jennifer Weiner has a whole chapter kind of about the same thing, which is that books about women are not just women's books. And I think that's such an important thing And and we've had coworkers in the past who have decided, you know, I'm only going to read books written by female authors, and you find that those books apply to everyone (laughs) just like any other book applies to most people. Mm. Usually, how that works. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I also find it really confusing to like dismiss something because it's like a women's book. Like I read books, especially fiction, to like I don't know understand how other people live to learn about things that I didn't know before to experience like families and that aren't like mine and like I thought that was the whole point of fiction and it's bizarre to me that you would be like oh this covers these topics well my gender's not that interested in it or that doesn't affect me so I'm not going to read about it
1: which I think like is the antithesis of reading for travel too which is you know the point of reading about where you're going is to get Mm -hmm. a glimpse into what you're going to see that you don't see on your day to day Mm -hmm. life experience
0: how much do all of you actually like before you go on a trip read books
2: for the tr- like, that,
0: for that trip for that specific sets about in that country you were about that country or
2: place mm. I love doing that I'm I'm seeing from the faces of other people maybe they don't, but <laughs> <laughs> it is totally up my alley I like to read writers I like to read that country's contemporary fiction writers I also love reading the travel journals of other people who visited that place 100 or 200 years ago because i'm fascinated by their perspective of what it looked like then and what are the things that are continuous to today versus what might have changed and so i do a lot of digging through old like classic travel journals when i'm going to to a place for the first time
0: and you're going on a crazy trip soon right I am. I am, although this is
2: really, (laughs) I don't know what kind of travel journals will be relevant to this. I really want to know what you're Um, reading for this. I have a huge appetite for icy landscapes. I did get to live on Antarctica for a little bit a few years ago. At the end of August, I'm going to, actually, because of an Antarctica person, so it does tie together, but I'm going to to nine days of mountaineering school that is all up in the snow of the Cascades. So you hike into the snow line of Mount Baker and spend six days in the snow. Learning crevasse rescue and roping and ice axe techniques, you try a summit of Mount Baker and then you also spend three days trying to summit Mount Rainier, which is a technical summit, which means you have to be roped to people. There's a lot of crevasses. You need like these giant crampons, saber tooth crampons and yeah. Are you reading anything to prepare yourself? You know, I'm, I'm, uh, the book—the book which is assigned to us—is a mountaineering handbook, and I am reading it. Although every time I read it, I get so anxious I want to vomit. Because <laughs> <laughs> There was a a particular drawing uh, this past weekend that made me put it down, and I was like, I need to come back to this later, (laughs) of um, two people roped together walking a very high ridge line, and it explained that if the person ahead of you, if you see them fall off one side, what you have to do is immediately jump off the other (laughs) side of the the cliff so that then your weight is straddling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh <laughs> <my> <laughs> God. And they literally diagram it and it's like, so it's your responsibility if you see your partner slip one way, jump the opposite way as fast as you can. And I was like, OK, I'm going to going to put this book down. As. Are you going solo? No. It's with a team of people. But yeah, like, yeah. but from like. Oh, is anyone in my life doing this with me? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no. I tried. I really did try hard to interest people in doing this with me and the, no one. The book didn't sell them on the trail. <laughs> it was as dumb as I was.
3: Mm-hmm. Is there any fiction that's getting you excited about this thing? Like this isn't like a Cheryl Strayed because she was like solo the whole time. Yeah,
2: totally.
1: totally. And also like in a
2: desert and well, sure, sure, she no, no, no wait. okay Yeah, okay. I, I will say I, I have an endless <laughs> appetite for like wilderness adventure, both fiction and memoir. Mm-hmm. I could read that stuff yeah. for eternity. So my favorite books are both fiction and nonfiction, but set in Antarctica and just the perils and travails of of life down there. Those, those I still can read. all Speaking the time. Speaking of yeah.
3: Antarctica and beach reads, did you read Bridget Go, That I did. And did you hate it?
2: I. Hated it. Oh, I no. hate to shatter everyone's hearts. I hated <laughs> no. it. Isn't it being yeah, turned into is, a I movie? Really, I'm um, certain it's being turned into a movie. How could it not so be? So many people love this. And you know what? I have a pet peeve around epistolatory novels. I hate novels that are told through like emails and letters in general yeah, yeah, yeah. through mm-hmm. all time. And even even some of my favorite writers, if they write one that has that, I turn on the book. So this is not Maria Simple. I think she's very funny and talented. And this is just my own like bias against that type mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I, I, I can't buy into the press somehow mm-hmm.
3: fair enough there was a, a book i read on a beach that should not have been a beach read um night film
2: oh the Mercia pestle yeah, yeah. which yeah. like is
3: also told like yes. she's very good at writing through documents like, through mm-hmm. documents and that kind of thing and that book i just was like nope too complicated too much sunshine yeah. like can't yeah. do it <laughs> i love. where'd you go about it i was that? say I
2: probably everyone uh, i'm just gonna it. say I have you read it? it no
3: i haven't read it i'm oh, behind you on Two books. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. It's not incredibly old. Like that's dumb. But it's definitely it's like like, a, like
1: five, so five years six old, six years six, old, something like that. Let me do a Google.
3: <laughs> um, it's only a few years old. It's really great. You know, present company excluded. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um,
0: Now I
2: know that it divides the table. No, in fact, I'm like, (laughs) 99% of humanity loves that book, so I'm I'm the cranky pants.
3: Fair enough. It's about uh, not everything can be for everyone. It's about a girl and her mother who disappears and like her search for her mom and like trying to unpack her mother, who is this like so. What I loved about it is her mother is this character who's so like maligned in that like she's just like destroyed in terms of like her people are make fun of her constantly and misunderstand her and she's this like creative genius and it's and it's like it's kind of this daughter trying to understand her mom and give her mom more credit and like reclaim some kind of ownership over her mom's talents and genius in the world and so she's not just like this looney tune while she's like trying to find where she went in the world if she died or not Stay
1: tuned. Lolly <laughs> will have to read the book, yeah. and then we'll get a recap soon once she's finished.
0: Stay yeah. Don't don't spoil it. No. Like my mother did Underground Railroad for my Oof. husband. Oh, no. Where she <laughs> just assumed he'd finished it and was like, it was really sad about this one thing that happened. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh,
2: no. Oh, no. oh, no.
0: Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she was on notice. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, one thing I was actually just talking about families and it led me to think about like sort of family holidays and growing up. And I was definitely a kid that had like my nose in a book. And I was wondering if there were like any books as a kid or as a teenager you really remembered just being into. Oh my sucked God, forever by, Blume, forever by Judy Bloom, <laughs> forever by
3: Judy Bloom, forever uh, by Judy Bloom. It was like a sexual awakening. It was like, oh my God, Judy Bloom. I remember like being on a beach in Cape Cod and being like, "Am I allowed to read this?" And I like couldn't <laughs> put it down. But it was a Judy Bloom book, and lo- like, Lord knows she was allowed for like kids. And I just was like, "This." I feel like they slipped in the wrong thing. It was
0: great. Did you read it? Yeah, I, re- oh I read. I read. I read
3: like every Judy Bloom book. Summer sisters. Summer sisters. Just me. Just me. It's okay. So good. Judy Bloom was like for me an author when I was little. Oh, she was, was very, very g- formative. So formative and, like, just a little illicit, but so captivating. And so smart.
1: And so smart. so smart. See, I know this is going to... And I'm going to take back what I was just about to say. Like, some of my (laughs) favorite books to read, period, um, let alone at the beach, are the Harry Potter books. Mm -hmm. And I found that, like, the... This is, like, you know, one of the few men who will be... Fake fake men who will be uh, talked about on this podcast, but J.K. Rowling's Robert Galbraith, Cuckoo's Calling, whole series of detective novels like brought me from like reading Harry Potter as a kid and loving J.K. Rowling's writing to then reading Bee Reads, nice. Detective Bee Reads by the same author uh, as an adult. And that is always so special. And it's like the one, I have one, two, two full sets of books at my parents' house that will stay with me forever. One is my grandfather's copy of Lord of the Rings, and then my copy of all of the Harry Potter books. Oh.
0: I will never forget, this wasn't on a beach, but I will never forget being in Madrid with my parents in um, the big art museum there and standing in front of Guernica as my dad literally pleaded with me on his hands and knees to look up as I read of
2: Secrets. <laughs> for me, I just didn't
0: care.
1: <laughs> Since so many of the books came out in the summer, like we would literally pick them up the day after they came out at the airport on our way out. So like they were always vacation reads for me. And it it was so...
2: Yeah. Special I like and to think that like Picasso was looking down from heaven <laughs> being like, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> like, sure. <It's> okay. <laughs> That's magic too. <laughs> I love it. I, I miss the, you know the thing I miss is during the Harry Potter era when a new book would drop and when you would get on the subway for those of us old enough to have lived in the city and be driving sub so, oh my god, is this just me? I was I'm in the l- old I was in London. Yeah. I was in London. But like Everyone on, like a subway car, minimum one and up to six, seven people would be reading the new book. And it was one of the most beautiful sights. Like It was like, you just felt the city together in this very interesting way connected by this book. And never, I mean, just never again has there been a book of that level phenomenon. I
1: mean, I would have my mom drive me to the Borders, uh, three blocks from my home,
2: and like Mm. be there
1: at midnight when the book dropped. I am pro midnight premiere for like all things movies, <laughs> 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 all the books, things. books, everything. But, but that's the actually the only midnight book launch that I've ever been to, did and you I dress went. Up? Did I dress up? No, I didn't dress up, but. <laughs> You did a little. I have.
2: <laughs> I have dressed just up. And dress up. I have dressed what, up for movies wear? before, sure, but sure, I sure. did not dress up for
1: the book launch. I was Luna mm. Lovegood.
0: Made a pretty damn good Luna. Thank you you very. Much. You are
3: nerdier than you look. You're so cute.
2: Yeah, yeah, no.
0: Meredith is like a secret nerd. She like comes across as quite it's cool, cool, but really not a secret <laughs> <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, J.K. Rowling yeah. was it for me. Oh, Those books used to always come out the week of my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I was go in there and there'd be like wow. that big pirate pile, like the pyramid in Waterstones in London. They would have this pyramid of all the books at midnight. The London jackets
3: oh. were so much better too. The London
0: jackets were so good. I have good. the
3: first four
1: because my grandfather was living in uh, London at the time. So my first four of my set are all the British versions.
3: And then the last ones. Yeah.
1: I don't
2: think I've actually seen them. What do they, what oh, do they look so like? Oh, they're so good. It's they're done
3: gorgeous. by a different illustrator. Mm-hmm. And they're just super beautiful. Did they and they think like scholastic did a repub of all the jackets recently that are lovely but hmm. cuz then it was like pre internet where you could where you kind of knew that jackets could be different mm-hmm. and so they mm-hmm. like went out with a completely different to market mm-hmm. scheme yeah. and everyone wised up and they're like those right, are prettier later series, yeah. it was yeah, yeah. Oh. it was it was super interesting to see how they like that strategy and i think it
1: when we talked to Meg Walts on this podcast earlier this year and, you know she talked about how it was so interesting for her to see how her books went out differently in Mm -hmm. different countries and what appealed to people different places and Lauren, oh, that's pretty.
3: That was my favorite easy. thing about Fades of Fury is Lauren was talking about a translation of one of her books and she they tried to like. <laughs> Lauren anything. <laughs> <so, laughs> we're,
0: we're back to Florida. Well, now. he's because <laughs> friend that she met at a party. <laughs> one,
3: time, one time we're not friends. Sorry, I'm not <laughs> reading. Um, she was talking about how in the translation they tried to do away with her Greek chorus and she was like, No, it's so critical. You can't cut it. It's like not a it's not a parenthesis. It's the best. <laughs> I love international editions.
1: Um now today, wait, oh I wait, Jen, yeah, I want to know
2: yours childhood book. We haven't even heard. Oh, but the only one coming to mind is a man. But it's that's fine. We it's, can sneak no, a few we, in. We're not sneaking <laughs> no. any. We're not cheating no. today. No.
0: Okay. Andrea cheated last time, so I'm cheating. I'm not going to say can it. I say, no, can, can I know. say mine then? Because yes. someone yes. on Facebook also said it which was I remember reading it when I was 14 and it is Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier which Oh yeah.
2: Ooh, oh good my god. One. Good one.
0: I I think it was the first time that I realized that like women were like really complicated and <laughs> terrifying and I was like, ooh, <laughs> like we read that This goes in and this goes on in women's minds like I'm nice. I'm into it.
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to remember what year I read that book in school but the teacher that I had we had to decorate the entire classroom based on whatever book we were reading at the time so for Ender's Game we did like these huge we all had to come up with these like big obstacles and for Rebecca we my friend Emily and I built this like drew this huge staircase on the whole back wall and then Emily like basically like built a Rebecca to like have her back to everyone. And it was beautiful. (laughs)
2: What an amazing teacher and class. It was so
1: every time you walked into the class and you were reading this one book, like you just were there. And it was awesome. And it's like honestly such a memory now connected with every time I read that book, I think back to that classroom. So special. Yeah. Teachers make us readers. Yep. My mom is gonna kill me if I don't say this, but she always says readers are leaders. (laughs) And it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. She has worn that
2: sticker before. <laughs> this, this part of the podcast brought to you by Hallmark. <laughs> Thank you, Pam Carey, for not letting
1: me live uh, that down a day of my life. Yeah. Okay. So now that we are grown women, who are your favorite female authors to travel with?
3: Specifically mm.
1: beach types. Gillian Flynn.
3: Hmm. Gone Girl is the obvious one, but everyone has read that by now. And Sharp Objects is
1: so great, and if you want to read it before it becomes a miniseries, you should definitely do that thing. Dark Places mm-hmm. is good; yeah. it's, they're like
3: all like creepy and weird and fast, and it'll be fun. Mini series
1: yeah. is soon though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like maybe maybe now. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it might be too late. But... <laughs> <laughs> like I saw <sold> the trailer. <laughs> uh,
3: there are so many that I'm excited to travel with this summer. Oh, okay. I'm curious, just because I'm a publishing nerd, you re-released in hardcover. You didn't do a paperback for Home Fire. Mm, mm, mm. Oh my god, you guys! <gasps> oh my god! Now, wow, I'm nice. <laughs> Talk I just, to me about uh, why. Just, and also, Home Fire is—if you did not read it last year—was the greatest book of 2017. Is so. You haven't finished it. Really? Have, I have forty about, pages from the end.
1: So hashtag no spoilers. No spoilers. My God. Oh Yeah, I've almost cried on the subway
3: today. It's Antigone, but like now, but not, and it's so beautifully written mm-hmm. and is just guys, you gotta read Home Fire. I feel like it flew under the radar last year for like reasons unbeknownst to me and was so wonderful. But you guys
2: are now putting it out again in It's just staying in hardcover, but we're putting it in paperback this fall. So Gotcha. It just is getting pushed Again, because it keeps winning more and more prizes, and it just won. This isn't a famous prize in America, but it's a famous prize to the rest of the world. It's called the Women's Prize, and it's for the best Shocker novel that written. That's not famous I know, here. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like when me and
2: Meredith just went to the what was it? How
0: to support women in journalism panel, and it was basically empty and oh. only women in attendance. Oh, yeah, lift okay. each other up, guys. Okay.
2: <laughs> Some a moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so there's a prize for the best novel written by a woman anywhere in the world, and it won it this year, which is incredible, but it, it had won about seven other prizes leading up to that. Uh, the writer's Kamala Shamsi. She's Pakistani, living in London now, and it's about two sisters mm. and... They come out of a more traditional Muslim family in London, uh, although they themselves have become a little more secular in their leanings and uh, it becomes a love triangle and it's very sexy, very personal about sisters, but also then political in a very relevant Way to today's age, and when you know Meredith, you were saying at the beginning how much you love really propulsive, engrossing, page-turning books. Two days. This is took me two days. Yeah, I mean, you inhale this book because you're like, oh my god, and she's
0: so good, and she also like, I don't know, the way she writes about London, and, it, and it's not like London plays like a, it's not like a huge character in the book, but just it was just so London, and like I, I grew up close to where one of the characters lives and I like knew, I just like knew the streets, I could picture it all and it was just, she does it so well and there's mm. like one bit, re- I am try very hard not to spoil anything, but there's one bit when one character is abroad and hears another London accent and the description of hearing that accent made me like want to cry. It was Aww. just, it oh. made me very homesick.
2: Oh. <laughs> it, it has... I think the single most shocking ending and literally ending last paragraph oh God. of any book oh God. <laughs> we have ever published and the editor, our editorial director, Becky Salatin, who's incredible. She's just this like unbelievable talent. Um, she was joking that the summer when she posted the manuscript to the server, uh, internal server at Riverhead books, which meant, you know, people could start to read it, art production sales. She would know someone had reached the ending because they would stagger into her office first thing in the morning with an open jaw and then they would be unable to speak words yes. and she would be like oh you've you just finished home fire <laughs> <laughs> and she said it happened about seven times where she was like she they would walk in and, and just be like uh so <laughs> and she'd know she'd know it's also
0: so interesting because I feel like when I started reading it
2: I, I was like it was something totally yeah, different
0: I was like I'm really enjoying this but I can't figure out what it's about yeah. and then there's just like suddenly it just takes this like curveball and Everything, yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, it's spectacular.
3: So yeah, I finished pick, that one, Polly. but you gotta you gotta pick that one up to travel with this summer. It's a just. It's great, truly a favorite. It's really, great. I haven't had a favorite since um, Celestine's Everything I Never Told You, mm-hmm. and this is my new one that you, I like. I do a thing where I pick a book and I'm like, this is my book that I'm telling people to read, and it was. Fates and Furies, and it was Celeste, and before that it was a male author that I won't talk about because it's not allowed, um, which I still recommend. Um.
1: <laughs> you, can, you can like um,
3: Instagram DM
1: Polly for that information. I'm getting, I'm
0: getting too sympathetic. I keep on being like, oh, I feel bad.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, and now is, my new book is um, Home Fire. It's like the book I'll tell people to read. It's truly incredible. And then there are some other classics that I've talked a lot, so what about you? What are you reading this summer?
2: The book that I've just started, and I'm really into, it's funny, sort of like Home Fire, it was kind of a sleeper in hardcover. It now just came out in paperback and is a number one New York Times bestseller for two weeks in a row, which is crazy. And it's this book called Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine Oh, I saw that jacket.
3: It looked yeah, cute. It's not, a really it's cute,
2: not YA, it's not, is it? No, it's not YA. It's not Riverhead. It's a different publisher. But um, it's about this really loner, outsider woman who's very brusque and very cranky and very difficult and her kind of softening and vulnerability and beginning to make some friends. It in some ways reminds me if you guys ever read Olive Kitteridge or saw that mm-hmm. miniseries, like. Books about someone who, on the surface, is actually <laughs> really annoying, really difficult, very brusque. Who then you begin to get to know with time, and actually is like very funny and very sly and wickedly like dark in their own way. And it has that great, you know, as you sink into Eleanor's character, you start to really, really just enjoy her so much. So, that's for people who prefer paperbacks. That that would be like my hmm. my summer paperback pick.
3: Interesting. On. Thought. Do you have travel thoughts on paperback versus hardcover? Like, do you not travel with a hardcover?
2: I, I am format agnostic. I'll travel yeah, with yeah. whatever I, what I want to read. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this is very unhelpful of me to say.
3: I but, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the galley life. But yeah, <laughs> it's First galley of life.
2: all, I'm often reading books that aren't going to be out for like five years. So I'm, reading, <laughs> I'm just reading piles of pages. But the other thing is. I personally hate to gamble when traveling, particularly planes. Once I'm on ground, it's safe again. But to me, like a ten-hour plane ride is not a time to be like, "Is this book going to be good or not?" Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> I'm the jerk reading like Anna Karenina on a plane. Literally, I was in Lisbon a week ago, and Anna Karenina is what I brought with me <laughs> because I can count on just loving every page while on a plane and not having a crisis where I took, you know, I pick up something that I've heard is good and it's bad, such mm-hmm. as Where'd You Go that's why i always have
0: three books in my carry-on which is absurd yeah then i'm like heaving it over my shoulder yeah and
2: but what if you're on the runway and then they're like we're gonna be in jetway traffic for the next three hours oh. and you are 20 pages in and you're like uh this book is not, not. Yeah. for me <laughs> you, i cannot have that happen so no i actually only fly with classics
3: that's a good tip. Yeah,
2: that is just, a good tip. Just, tip. just saying.
1: Lolly, I know you're reading Home Fires right now.
0: Uh, yeah, so that and then uh, the other two books that I've read recently that I've absolutely loved was Female Persuasion by Meg Wolitzer.
2: Yes. Also inhaled
0: that in about <laughs> two days. And we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, so I will not talk about it again. <laughs> and then, because um, I was obsessed with it. And then also Pachinko by Min Jin oh, Lee. so good. So good. So good. And I read it when I was in Japan and it was a fascinating book to be reading when I was in Japan and again that one also seems to have been a bit of a slow burner like it's been out for a little while and now I'm seeing on the subway everyone with it. Yeah you Um, know
2: it was a National Book Award finalist and really got momentum over the the winter and spring but Many booksellers love it, and I think it's a, a real word of mouth success story. Like, it would, yeah. It, yeah, can you for, spell your, that
3: one for
0: me? Yes, uh, P A C H. I-N-K-O.
2: Oh,
3: just like you think, huh? Yeah. Gotcha. And Do
0: you want to explain to Polly what pachinko is? Yeah, well... It w- is it that game you play on prices, She
2: knows. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I was reading this
0: book, and then I well, could... I would see- or in
2: Tokyo, but yes. yeah.
0: <laughs> and in Japan, I would see all these <laughs> pachinko places. Sure. And then bore everyone I was with with being like, you don't actually understand the history behind these places. I'm reading this novel right now. Let me tell you what this means, and then go into... This long historical description of Japan that no one but me really cared about. But uh, yeah, it's spectacular, and it traces a family over the course of almost 100 years, really. It's from sort of the 1920s to the early 1990s, from pre-South and North
2: Korea to Japan in the 80s. And uh, it's brilliant. This is actually my other great travel miscalculation was some years ago on a trip to Japan, I brought that true crime book, People Who Eat Darkness. I don't know if you guys ever read it or know oh, it. Oh, yes. It is, yes. again, <laughs> except it's even worse than Hanya because it's it's real. It happens. <laughs> terrifying. It is, like, one of the darkest true crimes in Japan's history. And I was like, this may not have been the choice to read <laughs> while traveling here. So, Pachinko, much better choice for your yeah, Japan travel. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. World. And
0: then for the woman that I always go back to who... Um, is I think often definitely gets some slightly fluffy cat covers, which seems unfair considering how unbelievably intelligent she is and was such a gem, which is Nora Ephron. And Mm. I actually just reread Heartburn on the beach a few Mm. weeks ago, and it's a perfect beach book because you can read it in a day, it's very thin, and it is so funny and so smart, and oh, God, I love her. She's like my inside voice that I can't <laughs> get on the page mm-hmm. and she can and it's just. I
2: can't picture, what do they put on her jackets these days? Oh, it's like a fork with a, like with an some, illustrated with some fork. Pearls with pearls around it and yeah. it's pink.
1: Yeah, oh, mm. it's it's like it's very gun. girly, yeah. very girly.
0: And yeah. Uh, yeah, It's. I thought it was interesting that they gave her that cover.
1: Mm. My picks are one and a half new one and then one from a couple years ago. On the true crime beat, I just read the opposite of Nora Ephron's heartburn. Um, I just read I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Oh, I
3: was going to bring that one up. Mm. Um,
1: She passed away about two years ago um, before she finished this book about the Golden State Killer, this man who terrorized neighborhoods and assaulted women and men and families up and down California for decades, and then her husband who is the comedian Patton Oswalt, and the researcher she was working with finished the book after she passed away. And just, it's a book that's about this real-life thing that happened, but it's also about her and her obsession with solving this crime, which, coincidentally, just a couple of weeks, I guess a month or so Mm -hmm. ago, they actually arrested this guy. So, spoiler, that is, like common knowledge at this point that Mm. the book ends without you knowing but the nice thing is is that the cliffhanger is solved in real life and it's just it's a really special book and and there's like so much of her in this incredible book i already talked about the favorite sister but it is a rockin book it is kind of like it's not like home fires at all but it's like it in the way that i haven't read a book like it before and it's about women on a reality tv show fighting for and against each other, uh, and it's got lots of twists that Polly saw coming but I didn't see coming. Very exciting. Um,
3: and <laughs> that makes me sound like an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. Does that mean I'm you I'm not like liked it or oh, no? <laughs> like, like, I'm not like, I knew they were doing that. That's not, not how that happened, <laughs> by the way. Um, but it's really great. It is, what I liked about it was, I think probably of everything we've talked about, it's the most stereotypical bee and there's nothing, I think, critically, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's a good read. It's really fun. Um, it's, and it's so fun. It's just so, it's fun. And some of the women are great, and some of the women are stupid, and you, like, feel like you know them all. It might be a little particular to, like, us in our world, because it's very New York media. <laughs>
1: super New York.
3: But it does that, like, doesn't take away from the funness of it. I found, I loved it. I thought it was a great read. I found... She leaned a little too hard into like some of the like New York media tropes, and she got a little name droppy in a way that I was like trying too hard, like just like tell the story. But it was super fun. But there was a twist I didn't see coming. Okay, just the one. One, <laughs> didn't see coming. The one. Um,
1: okay, and then my last book is like the complete opposite of everything I have mentioned before, which is that book about dictionaries that I was talking about earlier. That was real. It is a a real book. It's called, I really thought you were joking. (laughs) No, it is honestly one of my favorite books. It's called Word by Word, and it's written by Corey Stamper, which you should follow her on Twitter if you don't, because she's hilarious. She works at Merriam-Webster, and she's a lexicographer, and she talks all about, in hilarious terms, kind of what it takes to be a word in the dictionary. and she also has to answer a lot of um, like reader comments about people being upset that certain words are or are not in the dictionary. And it sounds so boring and you guys all are looking at me like I'm crazy. No, 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 no they, Jen's super it's, fascinated. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They but it's such is, a
2: funny Twitter feed. Is she part of yes, partly responsible for right. that? They have the so funniest Twitter feed.
1: It's it is it is just kind of hilarious. And again, like I would never be like, ugh, you know what I want to read book about the dictionary um but it is truly hilarious and fascinating and I feel like I learned so much and enjoyed myself at the same time and she's just a riot and I want to be friends with her so Corey come have out. her on the podcast <laughs> no, you may or may not see her on Traveler in the coming weeks nice. but
3: very cool but she yes. is a rock
1: star you should follow her on Twitter but also read her book um which came out like a year and a half two years ago word by word
3: hilarious I have one more can I share? Go for it. Speaking of nonfiction that you wouldn't think would be exciting. I know it's toasty. Um, (laughs) I miscalculated and screwed up a vacation and finished a book early, which is nothing is worse than that. You're totally correct. And I had two days in Bermuda with no books to read, which is like you're in Bermuda to sit on a beach. And I'm I'm not that girl that goes on a beach vacation. It's not my style. And I it was awful. The worst thing ever. And I stole a book from Owen's bag that he brought with him just because I was desperate called Grunt. Mary Roach's book. And so Mary Roach does like really incredible nonfiction. And this one was all about the uh, like military gear and things that are needed for people in the military and all about like, there was an entire chapter dedicated to how fabrics are made to be the most heat resistant, but light and waterproof. And it is such a fascinating read. She tells those stories so incredibly well. It's funny and like you feel like you have taken away so much and know how much it goes in, into that spending. When you look at a government budget and you're like, that feels like a huge number. It still is a huge number. Like, that should come down.
0: But the, there is a,
3: <laughs> lo- a lot more information. And it is was totally enthralling. And I was, it definitely solved the problem. And I was not expecting it to.
0: Ooh, I have one more. And then, and then we actually should end this. Cause- <laughs> Is this it, how, it could this go is on. on forever. Yes. No, it's but past 6 so they've actually turned the AC off. So <laughs> that's why it's so warm. <laughs> that's
1: why I got hot.
0: Um no, but uh non-fiction again and actually um goes against the not reading a diary entry type something okay. which is um <laughs> Tina Brown's Vanity Fair Diaries. Oh, so good. Which um you I read over it. the winter but I think would be just so much fun to read um, on a beach holiday you can sort of dip in and out of it and just be in this gloriously gossipy ridiculous 80s New York Condé Nast world which is so entertaining so different from our lives now Do you think it's entertaining for people who don't work here too? I think it is I think it is only because before I worked here I was as fascinated by that world probably more than I am now that I work in it is my belief. And it's just so gossipy. It's so gossipy and good. So many celebrities and just hilarious. The way she writes these scenes and like so the good. observations she makes about these very, very well-known people is just hilarious. The diaries start when she's like 29, 30 and she gets this sort of insane job and sort of through it traces, I think, like the decision she's making as a 30-year-old woman and her marriage and having children. And like I, I found that really interesting as well. I just thought, I loved it. Amazing.
1: Well, let's put a cap there. If people have more questions about the books they should read or just want to follow what you're reading, or just you in general, where could people find you on the internet, Jen?
2: Oh, I'm on the Twitter most publicly, and they're welcome to find me there and tweet at me. I love giving book recommendations, in fact. And what's your account name? Jin. (laughs) But with with four N's, so it's really
1: like Jin. So (laughs)
2: J-Y-N-N-N-N-E. J Y N N N N E. Perfect. Maybe this. I bet it sounds. felt clever when you did it. <laughs> uh, it didn't. It was out of necessity. And let me say to whoever that whoever has gin at gmail.com with just two N's I'm mad. I'm more famous than you are, and I want it. <laughs> I bet we could buy that from them. Let's yeah, get it back. Yeah, I, I would really like it. But no, I, I, <laughs> my my Gmail, my Instagram, my Twitter, all of them have some number of ends, but it's different numbers. Which sometimes I lose track of, like which thing has the what number of ends. Okay, Twitter, gin, four ends. But definitely four ends on Twitter.
3: Holly, okay. how about you? I am most publicly on Instagram. It's going to be annoying, so get excited. It's at Matin au Sol, which is M A T I N A U X S A U L E S. Again, I'm coming off way more pretentious than I am. It's my favorite painting name, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I always wondered what that was Yes, It's is my favorite painting, uh, which doesn't help the pretension no. problem. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, but whatever. I was young. Um,
0: and I, I was, was reading Harry Potter in front of the painting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I actually have a hashtag book club party of one because I used to run a book club at a different publication and now I just have a book club party of one. That is where I put all of my favorite reads up on the social. Correct. Lale, you are at?
1: Uh, at Lale Hannah on Instagram. And I'm at Oh Hey There, Mare. You can see Polly and my and other Traveler editors' picks for best beach reads and best books to read this summer on cntraveler.com. And you can follow everything that we are doing at CN Traveler on all of the social medias and Connie Nast Traveler on Facebook. Uh, We would love for you guys to review the podcast on iTunes. And then also let us know whether it's over Instagram DM or in the Facebook, Women Who Travel Facebook group, uh, what you guys want to hear from us going forward. Uh, We're planning out the rest of the year, and always want to have your guys' opinion and, involved. And if you want a book club, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely ping us a lot if you want a book club, <laughs> and we'll you know make that decision make, based on po- how. Let's make
0: Paulie's book club not a party of one, <laughs> exactly. I would like pals, <laughs> amazing. Have a great week.